0: they I'm the host of this podcast This show is all about giving you, the listener, actionable insights to share your faith I interview church leaders and congregation members alike To gain some understanding that both you and I can implement to share Jesus Every week I work hard to locate and interview someone who can share their experience Can you do me a favour? Would you mind sharing today's episode with one or two people that you know? One or two people that would be encouraged, that would be helped by today's content just copy the link and send it on via text or email. I'd love to see more people encouraged to share their faith. Now let's get into this week's episode. Yeah. Welcome to the Win-Win Evangelism podcast. My name's Tina Waldrum and today I'm speaking with Adam Lowe from Propel Network. He is in Brisbane. He is also the Senior Minister of Real Life Christian Church in south of Brisbane. And we are going to be talking about relevance and intercultural mission. So welcome to you, Adam.
1: Oh, thank you. It's great to be able to be here.
0: Wonderful to have someone from the sunny state of uh, Brisbane.
1: We like it when it is sunny. Uh, Not that it has been so much lately.
0: (laughs) Right. Tell us a little bit about Propel Network. What's the background and and what is the network about?
1: Well, Propel Network is uh, the formalisation of what was a a fairly informal gathering of uh, leaders from across the more uh, evangelical parts of the Uniting Church who would gather um, annually but also just encourage one another around uh, common ground and particularly initially um, common ground in churches of a particular size who would you know, have their own nuances. You know, When a church moves from, uh, say, a single ministry agent to, to multiple staff, that, that, that you know, there's different considerations. And so that group, as a group for encouragement, um, were gathering. And then back in 2018 uh, into 2019, uh, the group formalized uh, as the Propel Network Um, And it was, uh, look, to be honest, catalyzed by some angst around our denomination's stance uh, theologically on on, on a core issue, but... Um, not not with a, a heart to be divisive, but just with a heart to say, look, we feel like as we move forward, we, we need to have a place where we can continue to focus on what we think are some really important things like discipleship, uh, making disciples, um, you know, a confidence in the gospel, you know, that, that sense that Paul gives us in Romans that it's the power of God for the salvation of all who believe, that that it is that and it's still that. Um, And with a desire to see younger leaders you kind of grow up in that culture and to be able to focus on developing those in pragmatic ways and also to renew and to plant more churches as we seek to to play our part in evangelising Australia.
0: Mm, Fantastic. And I absolutely love what you guys are doing and it's so exciting every week, Adam, listening to different people across our country and seeing what's going on. Let's talk about Propel Network and you have some very um, sure key values and I notice that two of those are this area of relevant and intercultural when it comes to reaching Australian society. So let's talk about this word relevant. Um, How do you perceive that and and how does that look or how do you think it should look in today's culture?
1: Mm. I think um, relevant can be a loaded term, but for us it really simply means... If I, if I talk about me, for example, uh, Australia has moved on. We're in this post-Christian age. Uh, so when I leave to go to work or I leave to go to the shops or I leave to go and play sport or to engage with my local community, I have to acknowledge that I'm I'm in fact a missionary because I leave what I know and I hope is a kingdom culture in my home at the door, and I go out into the world. Essentially, I'm a missionary. For me, as someone giving leadership to a local congregation, for us to understand, we are in fact on mission uh, in the world in which we live, just by virtue of who we are as Christ's people. So the idea that we would continue to incarnate as Christ did, if we if we use it as a concept, that that in a sense we want to make sure that um, the substance of our faith uh, we don't we don't adjust that. That's uh, continuing to be uh, discovered by us in the revelation of Jesus. But the form of how we express that uh, and reveal that to the world in which we live needs to come in a way that's understandable. And certainly we can't assume culturally in Australia any knowledge or or any uh, understanding. And in fact, at times, in some pockets of Australian society, we might find animosity as well, although I think that's overstated in my experience. I think most people are not. Um, Most people are very open, and I actually think we're in this incredibly spiritually hungry time in Australia. I think all the statistics would show that. Um, and so when we want to be relevant, it's, it's not that we're changing the gospel. It's actually we're just making it understandable. So our form changes, the way our churches look and express changes. And for me as an individual Christian or for those of us who are disciples, being able to say, what does it look like for me to not uh, abandon the substance of my faith, but to live and speak and communicate and and live amongst um, those in our world in a way that makes uh, the the reality of who who Christ is the, the revelation of God his love his grace and what the kingdom looks like in a way that is actually understandable and that's a really important thing so the propel network in terms of how we go about you know what does it look like for when we gather what does it look like for the way we equip people is is helping them not necessarily to be anchored in um, traditional form Not that traditions are bad. I just want to go on record and say traditions are not bad. Although I'd have to say I'm probably a tradition agnostic. Like, I know they're out there. We just engage with them as they're relevant for us today. (laughs) Um, But they're important. But the form of how we express that needs to continue to be malleable. So it's, you know, what informed the tradition, what what made that important to us is understandable by someone that has no grid for it. So we think that's a really critical... um, for today.
0: Yes absolutely and I had a bit of a chuckle to myself when you use the word angst there can be a bit of angst out there against some of the values those agreed upon basic values of Christianity out there in the public so I guess there is a way then to take those even some of those basics that people would be that most denominations would agree upon of how Christ lived and um, how we're going to show his love, what his values, the angst that is out there. So w- what's the approach to make those topics relevant? I'm guessing that a kind of a harsh approach is probably not the best way forward.
1: No. And I, I think as an interesting word that I've kind of uh, started to adopt is just the word winsome. Um, I think it should be invitational. Uh, in fact, I think that's actually what we see. In the narrative of, of the Bible from start to finish, is God's great invitation to come and, as the psalmist wrote, taste and see that he's good. So, you know, our value would be I believe that the message and the medium should be consistent. So we can't um, tell people about a loving, gracious God in an unloving, non gracious way. <laughs> um, and so uh, I think in, in our Uh, learning about how to evangelize well, our learning to help people, uh, as I think we've we've well and truly understood in the church, people need to belong before they'll believe. That's actually going to be the journey, that we're prepared to journey with people as they are, knowing that that God, um, through his Holy Spirit, is able to work, as we create helpful environments for that in relationship and community, is able to help people work through what it means to have a a clearer and clearer revelation clearer and clearer revelation of jesus and so uh it's not a a requirement to come to a particular proposition without abandoning what we think is appropriate say for uh, a christian leader or or for what it means to be involved in you know some kind of pastoral oversight but but people are free to journey as they go and that our community can handle that journey with people so bluntly um, doing away with expecting non-christians to behave like christians uh, being able to walk with people as as they form is a really important thing and so yeah, it sounds messy but it also sounds like the acts two church that we read about it's messy yeah and so being able to i think have a gracious winsome um, inviting approach that that's not about um re- rebuking people for not yet lining up um but allowing them to know that as we all stumble forward in growing and learning in the faith that uh Making space and room for the Holy Spirit to be able to do what the Holy Spirit does in all of us. It kind of goes back to that comment about you know that Christendom age for us in Australia is gone, and yet sometimes I think we structure and 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 um, behave in a way that assumes it's still the case. Even politically, like we can get quite political, and we can get really political about things. But I don't even know that that's always helpful. Um, in the scheme of things, uh, we're we're on the margins, reaching out to the masses. I think that's where we're at.
0: Agree 100%. I'm almost just jumping with joy listening to you talking there. It kind of makes me ask the question, though, Adam, for us to take this approach that is more relevant, that is more gracious, not doing away with what we believe and we hold dear to, but going on the journey with people, what are some other things that you feel that we will need to, as individuals and churches get rid of or let go of what are the some of those mindsets you've mentioned a couple of them but what other things do we need to let go of
1: i mean i think there's some really pragmatic things like the idea that if we uh, hold a gathering on the weekend that people will just come Um, i think we need to do away with the idea that the church is just some where we attend Um, in the context of my own congregation we we have this phrase that real life you know which is the name of our church, real life's a culture we live out, just a place we gather. Um, and so the idea that we are the church all week and that it's every member is a part of the discipleship program. And so I even think uh, uh, we need to de-emphasize <laughs> sorry, I know this is going to be upsetting to some people, but I'm part of a movement that overemphasizes ordained ministry and it's not that there's anything wrong with that or that there's not absolutely a place for that i'm not suggesting that but but that we would far more emphasize the maturing of the people of god all the people of god to play a part as the body in the overriding um work that he's doing so not everyone's a gifted evangelist but we need to do away with the idea that that the work of evangelism is only for a few uh, and that we each have a part to play as disciple makers so uh, or that yeah, so we need to focus more energy and resource on who we are as the church dispersed. Uh, that's not to say we don't need to put energy into who we are when we're gathered as a part of our mission, as a part of our gathering and of building up the body. That's important too. But, but you know, if you think about the average church budget and how much money and resource goes into what produces an hour to two hours of an experience on a weekend versus the energy and resource that goes into who we are all week to be Christ's people in our workplaces, schools, universities, um, social communities and neighbourhoods. I I, I think there's some continued need for the church to do away with that. So the people who are Christians who have already started to embrace this really well don't feel disenfranchised from the church. They feel like, no, no, I'm I'm part of the church. I don't have to be either or. I can be both and. I I think that's a really critical thing to to pick up. Um, And certainly in my own denomination, um, I think the, the emphasis on discipleship over a number of years, over, over an extended period of time, has has diminished significantly. And I'm actually heartened at the moment. I've just come out of uh, certainly a state gathering uh, within the United Church in my state, where it's it's been more front and centre as a conversation piece to be resource, and it's been encouraging. And I think we need more of that.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely, amen. And there's a lot of discussion now about this, Adam, about moving back to discipleship and how that looks, everybody on mission. I guess that was the language we used years ago, everybody is on mission, but now it's really moved to this discipleship language and process from the beginning uh, through to the end. What does it mean to for you? Let's just talk about you, Adam, in your local area, Um, when you're out with your neighbours, how do you continue to stay relevant? Maybe you can think of something where the culture is so completely different. How do you hold fast to some of those things that you yourself believe that are completely black and white to your community that you live in?
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I can think of um, some wonderful neighbours that we have, uh, one of whom – we would say has probably uh, has has faith, but has a very very pluralistic faith. And it's, I'd say they're hedging their bets. They just want to make sure they're covering all the bases on a range of things. And so, you know, we'll talk about crystals. We'll talk about, uh, and I think this is actually more typical of the average Australian. I think that the very loud voice that says Australia an atheist reality is just uh, this is a very loud loud, but very small minority. The vast number of Australians I think have a faith or a spirituality very open so this neighbour is very much um, in that ilk and so you know when we or even my wife who who will engage with uh, that particular neighbour we're always very clear not to it's not about being disrespectful to their beliefs but being able to in conversation in the midst of it continue for us to elevate and demonstrate the impact of a Christian faith, the faith following Jesus, what that looks like. In that particular um, dynamic for our neighbor, they're not opposed to that. In fact, it actually brings great respect and and our neighbor knows what what we do. My wife is also a pastor and uh, they know what we do. And because of the nature of the relationship, the loving and accepting and the support. So when they struggle, we come in and we support. When there's opportunities for us to be good neighbors and good friends, we, we do what we can to do that. But it's never about saying um, watering down our statement of belief in conversation where that's relevant. So we don't lead with ranting it down our neighbour's throat. What we do is we wait for opportunity where it's appropriate to encourage, to pray, to model, to demonstrate. So for us, the the power that we experience, the actual transformative power we experience in our walk with God becomes evident, so that in her faith. Um, smorgasbord, if I could put it that way the parts where she's had some connection or those truths start to ring start to elevate for her so that we're not going to see her transformed by um, sudden agreement with our propositions there'll be transformation because she experiences what we model and say is true as they lean in invitationally, that's how we try to do that in a way that's helpful and appropriate and that's a journey that's unfolding Lots of invitation just to be in a relationship with us. That's how that that works. And then where it's appropriate, we bring some challenge. Have you thought about this? Maybe you could do that. And as the relationship grows and develops, we get more and more. You know, this idea of we're disciple people towards faith in Jesus and then in faith in Jesus. So um, that's our heartbeat. That's how that pragmatically looks for us. It's just keep building those. You know, being a good neighbor is underrated. As an evangelism tool.
0: (laughs) It's so true. That is such a beautiful answer. And I find like I'm experiencing that in my own life what you're doing with your neighbours, I'm doing the same. Or I've been doing that with friends for years. And they are actually coming to faith. They are coming to this revelation of who Jesus is and they are following him and they seem to stick around longer. If you take a long approach, they follow Jesus for a lifetime, which is what we hope for. They become true disciples.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think we need to recognize that for most people today, uh, um, that's a process. Even in my own faith journey, I try to think, I can think of a moment as, a, as an 18-year-old, 19-year-old around that time where I, I went, I think this is all true. But that was more a revelation of, oh, I've, I have believed this is true. It had been a process and at some point in the process I just went, oh, I'm here, uh, rather than there was a particular moment of, of response and I think that's more and more common.
0: Yes, it is, absolutely. Let's talk about this other issue or this other key value that Propel Network have around intercultural. So I notice that you use the word intercultural and not multicultural. Let's talk a little bit about that and how that impacts us on reaching Australian society.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, again, Australia, you know, very much one of the most multicultural I mean, you know, the typical uh, – I, I, I was really privileged to do some study um, at Fuller Seminary in California, and so when I'd go to the intensives, I'd be in this international classroom with people from all around the place, and they'd say, so tell us a typically Australian food. And you're kind of a bit like, well, what's that? I don't know, because all the stuff I eat is like Italian or Asian or, or <laughs> what, you know what I mean? So as as a little insight into just – how long and, and how you know um, flavoured by this um, melting pot of cultures that we get to enjoy it's so vibrant in Australia. So for us, certainly in the Propel Network, very deliberate choice of the word intercultural because when we talk multicultural, I mean, that's great, um, but what it can mean, doesn't always mean, but what it can mean is just lots of monocultures never really engaging. And so in our mission, what we want to do is recognise that, we're better together and and that uh, as we develop training programs as we develop um emphases for for moving into effective ministry to recognize there is a richness for engaging and receiving from the cultural diversity particularly in the christian faith Um, you know uh, australia is a part of western christianity which is in decline sadly uh, in the you know not in the northern hemisphere of course for us but where we see great incredible growth is south and east of the equator um, in-, in places like asia or south america and and, uh, and even africa and so being able to recognize that that actually what our praxis should be as informed by those kinds of cultural realities even as we experience them in our locality here in australia uh, as anything else there's such a richness there and so what we're wanting to make sure we do is not not stimulate just more monocultural realities but um, as we engage with australia at large is to recognize the richness of that and the other thing i would say is that we also find that there are second third fourth generation cultural communities where you have um the the, you know the children the grandchildren the great-grandchildren of people who who emigrated at some point or um and, and and they're not they're not the same as you know like well i'm I don't know, I could pick on an ethnicity, but you know, I, I don't particularly identify holistically as you know, the ethnicity that my family came. I'm now you know, second, third, fourth generation in, so I'm not abandoning that. But what does it look like for them who actually um, have more experience culturally of the melting pot we live in rather than the monoculture they're from? So how do we make sure we don't dismiss that? Um, yeah, there's a, there's a gentleman called Reitzer who wrote a book called The, the Globalization of Nothing and uh one of the things he talks about in there is this idea that you know we see what what I'm going to call macro culture you know you can you can buy coca cola in every country in the world kind of thing like we see globalization the internet's made that far more possible so we see global culture but the risk is is that that culture and we can be just as guilty of this in the church steamrolls all these micro cultures that are rich and vibrant and so how do we make sure that in our Discipleship—we're actually allowing the the kingdom of the kingdom culture to inform and infuse those cultures rather than steamroll it in a you know a west an Australian Western view. So uh, that's part of what that's about for us is really wanting to embody that. And the 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 denomination that you know the Propel Network really kind is of largely came, um, made up of uh, is from the Uniting Church, and that's actually a rich heritage of the Uniting Church, particularly around First Nations people in Australia. We have a particular consciousness of that, which I think is really important um, in, in terms of our mission and our witness. And then, of course, you know, the, the Uniting Church in Australia has a great culture, uh, a great commitment to, to multiculturalism as well. And I think that's flavoured Propel in a really healthy way.
0: Yes, it is a challenge isn't it to think about Australia as you started off in this episode today talking about when you step outside your door you're actually stepping out as a missionary to the culture it's a missionary to many cultures and to continue on as believers trying to reach out and and love those around us then there has to be a keen understanding of the actual people, people groups that we live amongst even here in Australia and to ground the gospel, be able to even have an idea of how we would even reach that particular group of people and, and even have that understanding that we are better together. So this has been a fascinating discussion Adam, it's raised a hundred more questions in my mind now. But what I'm what I'm going to do today is I'm going to drop some links in our show notes to um, the work that Adam's involved with, with Propel Network, and also to um, a book that Adam's referred to today, and some other resources that may be helpful for you to even explore this a little bit further like, how are we relevant? How is mission more relevant? And how can we be more intercultural and consider that? So, Adam, thank you so much for your time today. This really <laughs> has sent my mind in many directions. Uh, You're welcome, uh, uh, me too.